0: Great and glorious, king of kings and lord of lords. Yet my son did not quench the smoking flax, sensitive, compassionate, and in tune with the the weakest and most fragile of us all. Father, we are amazed at this privilege we can come We want to open our hearts. May your spirit speak the things we need to hear to overcome the resistance, the the tiredness, the distractiveness of our hearts so that the seed may penetrate and bear fruit to your glory. Lord, overcome the weakness of your servant and speak to us in spite of all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you all to turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, Chapter 18, the Gospel of Luke, Chapter 18. He spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. In this uh, parable, we, the Lord Jesus summarizes the point of the parable right up front, just in case you didn't miss what he's trying to say. He he, he tells us right up front that this is encouraging each one of us to pray and not to faint, not to give up. And he finishes the parable with this dire warning saying, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. I, the parable clearly is about persisting in prayer. And yet this is so critical that Jesus is wondering out loud here, are people still going to be believing when he finally returns? This morning we talked about how prayer was so important that this was the what Jesus emphasize that personal relationship with God. Uh, But here we see it's not enough to pray. We need to pray and not faint. We need to persist in prayer. This is not just taught here. Jesus also taught the story about the man who uh, had travelers come and had no bread, and he went to his friend and in the middle of the night and said, friend, lend me a couple loaves. And, and he said, no, I can't. My children are in bed. They were sleeping in the same bed. I don't want to wake them up. Uh, and he said, he, even though he wouldn't give him out of the necessity, out of the embarrassment, out of the difficulty of empathizing for the situation, but because of his importunity, he rose and gave him. Importunity being a, a large uh, King James word, which means, that, again, persistence. And here we see a judge who's, who really doesn't care uh, what's right and what's just. He doesn't care. He doesn't empathize with the widow. But even as stone-hearted as he is, the very persistence of this widow is enough to convince him to take action. And then Jesus says, here, but the unjust judge. Are we seeing, is God like that? no. He says, in contrast to the unjust judge, God will respond, he will avenge his own elect, which cry day and night, though he bear long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. I have a hard time reconciling that. Though he bear long with them, he will avenge them speedily. Apparently, our sense of speedily, in God's sense, are not the same. God knows the time in which we need our response. And He knows what the prayer is doing in us. And I, to be honest, I don't understand everything. I don't understand why God doesn't always respond. I, I can speculate as to, you know, what it does for my character, for my need of, of humbling myself, uh, of how it shows my desperation that I don't have a plan B, or I'm going to try it and then run away. But it's in Scripture. It's in Scripture not only in... Um, the, the words that are being uh, not only in the teaching but also an example. Think of, of, of um, in James 5 where, where Elijah is being upheld as an example of prayer, an accessible example of prayer because he specifically says, you think, you know, God's not going to answer your prayers, but Elijah was just like you. He was a man of like passions like you. Um, Elias was a man subject to like passions we are and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. How many times did Elijah pray? You remember the story. He was on the top of Mount Carmel and he had won the great showdown with 450 priests against him with all the king's power against him, and yet he trusted, in the. he alone stood alone and trusted in God, and God answered with fire. But the trial wasn't over yet. Rain had not been restored, and he prayed, and it didn't rain. You just pause the story there. He prayed, and it didn't rain. Now, God had promised, or God had told him, you know, this is the right thing to do. He was praying according to God's will. He was praying the right thing at the right time, but God didn't respond. Do you ever feel like that? That you know you're praying according to God's will. We we read in the previous chapter, we have not, because we asked not, we talked about that this morning, that we need to be quicker to ask, quicker to depend on God for solutions than man. Quicker to to, uh, rely on God than ourselves. But what if you ask and you receive not? Well, that James 4 goes on to say you ask and you receive not because you ask amiss. You ask to consume it on your lust. You're asking for selfish things, things to build up your kingdom rather than the kingdom of God. But here, Elijah is asking for the right thing. He's asking for what God wants at the time God wants, and God doesn't respond the first time, right, and the second time, and the third time, and it's only on the seventh time that he persists in prayer that there's a cloud the size of a man's hand that shows up on the horizon, that little puff, and that was enough for Elijah to know, and he said, we better get out of here, it's going to rain. When we pray and then give up and walk away, it's kind of like those annoying boys who come and ring the doorbell and then run away before you come to answer. We don't want to play Nicky-nine doors with God. We need to persist in prayer. We need to stay in prayer. The saints of old said, pray until you pray. What do they mean by that? Pray until you pray. Because sometimes when we first start in prayer, I'm just trying to gather my distracted thought, as the Zion's harp says. I'm trying to focus in it. And if I just rush through that prayer, it's a formalism. I'm saying the words, my heart's not in it. I'm not really um, depending on God completely. But if we persist in prayer, and we pray until we pray, if you've prayed long enough, if you pray sincerely enough, because that's, again, what the Scripture said in James 5, the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And so that fervency comes... The fervency cannot be expressed. Well, sometimes you're about to go in a car accident, you can have a fervent prayer in that split second. But as you are praying regularly in prayer, it takes time to really connect with God. And as we pray, it's not only I am telling God and I am asking God for things, as we heard this morning, I'm aligning my heart, I'm aligning my mind with, a, with who God is, with His character, with His point of view, according to Scripture. And all of a sudden, I hear from God how He sees my situation. And unless we persist in prayer, we are not going to hear from God. It becomes a one-way thing. We, we drop the mail into the mailbox slot and we walk away. And it's not a two-way communication with God. And so, Jesus is telling us we ought always to pray and not to faint. That our persistence matters. The time we spend um, in Speedily, there was an announcement I forgot to announce, and I think it's relevant at this time. Uh, Thankfully, Steve Delich, from our Richmond Hill Congregation, the older Steve Delich, um, is now announced for baptism, and the baptism is scheduled for October 2nd. And that's relevant to this message because I'm sure his parents pray The last one of their children who didn't convert, who was straying, who was going into the world, getting caught up, with worldly pursuits, with addictions that were going to destroy him. And they never saw, in this life, the answer to the prayer. God bore long with them, and yet he answered speedily. At the time before, you know, Steve, uh, you know, while he still had life and breath because of the scars and consequences of his sin, he yet found grace to repent. Prayer is the only thing that you can, that has power with the God of the universe after you're gone. When you pray, the power of those prayers doesn't end with you. And we see that illustrated. And so even though we may pray, and we may pray uh. Day and night. And God may bear long with us. Those prayers are not empty. They are not useless. And we need to persist if we want to experience God's power in prayer. I think it was... uh, Mm. Martin Luther, who said that uh, he was was asked about his day. And he said that, oh, my day is going to be so busy. I've got so much work from from morning to night. I've got so much to do that I need to spend at least three hours in prayer to get started. And we can see, you know, the the balance there of when I am busy, what do I trust in? what's my go to and too often i know i feel like i've got i'm so busy i've got to get up and go i've got no time for 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 the quiet time with god so often we sacrifice those things that we think in our human mind we don't see the connection we don't see that god is is responding and so we think that's something you know that i'll do when i can but I'm going to do the things I know work. And we want trust in ourselves rather than in the God who answers prayer. It's a very interesting story in Daniel. One of the few times, the only time I know of in Scripture where, where we kind of see behind the scenes of what's really going on when we pray. And Daniel's praying... And he is persisting in prayer. In fact, he's so fervent in prayer that he's fasting. He's putting away He's doing a, a modified fast. It's not that he's not eating, but he's not uh, Anointing himself. He's wearing rough clothing. He's denying Comforts and pleasures because he really wants to hear from God. And he's pleading for God on the behalf of his people He understands the 70 years are up and even though this is God's will that God has promised that the people will be able to be freed from Babylon after seven years, he's still begging God for God's will to be done. And it's when our will aligns with God's will, I don't understand how that works. That matters to God. It has an effect with God. It changes things. But the the behind-the-scenes thing is that after three weeks, an angel comes in answer to Daniel's prayer. Three weeks. And what does the angel say? The angel says, Daniel, you are really loved in heaven. And at the moment, you started praying, I was sent from God's throne. And here's three weeks later. What happened? Well, the angel explains that I met with the the prince of Persia, And he resisted me. And it wasn't until the archangel Michael came and assisted me that I was able to get through. And now I've got to go and I've got to fight against the Prince of Greece. We don't understand and we don't see behind the scenes that our prayers are... Connecting with spiritual warfare in heavenly places. That when we pray God is sending angelic responses that Satan is actively resisting in the heavenlies. We don't see it. But there we get to see it's happening. And what happens when we don't persist in prayer? What happens when we think I guess God's not answering today? When we give up on the prayer for water after the first or the sixth time, what happens to those angelic warfare? I don't know how it all works. But I can tell you that Jesus says it's critical, that Jesus says that if we don't persist in prayer, he might not find faith when he returns. That the existence of this body in this place depends on persistent prayer it's not depending on the eloquence of a preacher or the giftedness of a singer or you know how many people come through the door or the, the polish of our programs it's he's saying when I come, will there be faith on this earth? Because there is spiritual warfare over this light, in this candlestick, in this city. And Jesus warns in Revelations that the candlestick might be removed if we don't repent and avoid legalism or or a lot lukewarmness or whatever the individual challenge that Jesus gave the church, that candlestick. So I just want to leave that with with each one of us. That one thing the scripture is clear on that Jesus spoke on multiple occasions that he saw as critical to there even being Christianity on the planet is whether we are committed to not just praying but persisting in prayer. May the Lord bless His Word. 585 in the gospel hymns. 583. Okay. And here I thought we were going to say 589. 583 it is.
1: Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the encouraging message. A persistent, prayerful life. And the song, Lord, that we just sung Many a times we have our own plans, our own agenda to get out of whatever trouble or whatever the situation may be because we fail to take it, to tell you, to talk to you. Lord, forgive us for when we don't take things to you and we react quickly without thinking to take it to the Lord in prayer. Lord, many a times we pray, we talk, we fellowship with you during the courses of days. And Lord, we treasure those moments. For there is no one, Lord, no one that can hear our thoughts. You and Lord, many times our thoughts are upon you, many a times we converse with you, many a times, Lord, uncounted hours we pray, many times we pray for others, often in thought, often in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this afternoon's message that we can continue in a persistent fashion to pray, to pray for others, to pray for ourselves. Lord, that we would have that sweet communion, that sweet fellowship, as we heard in the morning, that we can walk with you, we can talk with you now. Lord, that we can begin the journey have a prayerful life now. And Lord, that we would treasure each prayer with you, each moment, that when we do pray, that we can leave and trust that you'll accomplish all things in our lives. Lord, that we would be with you, that you are willing to share your glory with us, sinful creatures, puny human beings who fail miserably, who don't do things right, and yet you love us so much, Lord, so much, we can't really begin to understand Jesus Christ dying on the cross for us. We understand a little bit where we can have a life Saving from sin, life everlasting, to be with you all through the death of your son, Jesus. Lord, let us always ask in prayer. Let us always seek in prayer. And let us always knock in prayer. And not neglect the most important thing, Lord, to converse, to commune, to talk with you, Lord, that we may receive a nudge or a guidance through your lovely Holy Spirit, Lord, to help us. Lord, let us always have fellowship with your Holy Spirit and commune with him, that we may have a directed life in you, Lord, we thank you so much. Lord, we're mindful of our dear loved ones who are not so well. Lord, there's many of them, many, 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 and many that we don't know who are your children who are going through difficult times, who are going through sicknesses and ailments and the troubles and the evils of life that it offers itself in every each day. Lord, we lift them up. And the ones who are persecuted and homeless, without a father and mother because they died for your sake, children are behind, vulnerable. Lord, we lift them all up to you. Lord, help them, sustain them, strengthen them, help them. And we pray leave all these things in your blessed name, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.
0: There are mysteries that we see through glass darkly that one day we'll see face to face. We don't understand human suffering, injustice, And yet in Job, we see behind the curtains that God's honor before angelic hosts is at stake in one man's unjust suffering. And as characters develop, God's honor is vindicated and Satan's lies are exposed. We don't understand many times the timing of our prayers why God doesn't respond when it's clearly something that is good, that is aligned with his will. We're not praying selfish things. Why well, bears long? Jesus doesn't necessarily tell us why. He tells us we need to persist. He tells us it's critical that Christianity itself is at stake. In Daniel, maybe we see a little bit of a hint the, the battles that are going on behind the scenes. Not just of one angels, but the archangel of God's forces against the dominant world empires, ungodly forces. We don't even know. We don't need to know. We don't need to understand. We need to trust God in our suffering like Job said, and will say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. We need to persist in prayer and, and turn to our Heavenly Father in humility, with fervency, In desperation because that's what Jesus said. And that's where the answers lie. It's the only place. May that may we put this not only in our mental file of facts, but may we put it into our daily practice.